Hi, this is Brian Lairs at Campbell Ford Niles, and we're inviting you to come down to the dealership so you can experience why we're the number one best-selling certified pre-owned dealer in our market. Campbell Ford, where the best bottom line is always at the state line. Time again, it's Comic Book Storylines. I'm Brian Sorensen, aka Brian the Comic Book Guy. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. Every Wednesday when the new episode airs, it'll come right to your inbox. So we're on part six of House of M. I promise there's only one more part to this. It is a very detailed, long out storyline. There's lots of tie-ins. And uh, some of them, as I've said in previous episodes, have a lot going on in them. Directly related to the story, and some of them don't. So uh, this week, a few of them that don't really have a whole lot going on. I'm just going to briefly mention what's going on, just for time purposes, to get to that ultimate conclusion that I promised you next week. The the next week's episode, there's a lot of stuff that happens in it, especially in the remaining two parts of the main storyline, where something dramatically happens that affects the X-Men for years to come. So without much more anticipation, we're going to get right back into. We got Utopia X3 of 5. Uh, Bishop continues to kind of troll all of the uh, human sapien uh, town, and uh, there's, you know, stuff going on in that community where Bishop tries to keep the peace, but the humans and the mutants, they don't get along quite well. So this issue was more of a thing, just kind of showing more what the human and mutant relations are in, like, the worst form during the House of M. And then we get to one of the more interesting issues of this entire storyline, Captain America number 10. Now this issue, Captain America has one of the most dramatic changes in his origin and the way things go in that, that most of the other characters combined. So, when Captain America, in 1945, was trying to uh, go after Zemo in the plane, where Bucky died in the explosion, Captain America dropped into the ocean, was frozen in ice. This is where everything changes. Instead of the plane blowing up, Steve going into the ocean, Bucky dying, Steve reaches the controls for the plane where the bomb was, and makes the plane veer and goes back and attacks Zemo. And Zemo's not even in the plane in this incarnation. They turn the plane around and they crash it into Zemo. They think they killed Zemo. So Cap and Bucky are very much alive. And we see Captain America, 1945, after he was supposed to have died towards the end of the war, he's got the Invaders, which is the same crew. It's Bucky, Namor, the original Human Torch. And uh, we see them fighting more Nazis and ending the war a whole lot faster and actually capturing Adolf Hitler. Captain America and Bucky go into the bunker and capture Hitler alive. And then we see, uh, like, we keep going back and forth to the past and the present. Captain America is old, um, kind of like he was in Endgame, at the end of Endgame, where he was the older gentleman, and uh, because he didn't get frozen in ice, so he just kept living his life. So we see what progressively went on with Captain America's life throughout the years. Uh, he uh, is uh, in Washington in 1946, talking to the president, about uh, the war being over, what he wants to do now. He ends up marrying Peggy. Uh, they have uh, a big wedding and everything. Uh, and then you see when things start to go south for Captain America. In 1951 is one of the first Senate hearings on mutants. It's when mutants start to appear in the Marvel continuity, but in the House of M, it's a whole lot different. 
And Captain America is trying to argue that uh, nobody, you know, nobody should be persecuted here. And they're talking about Namor, who was the first mutant. And he's defending his teammates, saying there's nothing wrong with him. And the Senate is trying to get Captain America to kind of just, like, police these mutants and everything. He stands up and he quits. And we see future, uh, further down the road in the future, 1955, Captain America, Steve Rogers, becomes one of the first astronauts to land on the moon. So we see that he went from being Captain America to an astronaut. And we see that he, uh, it's uh, 1955, he's married to Peggy, but uh, they have some marital issues. You know, it's the, you know, he's still kind of bitter about what happened giving up being Captain America. And she's mad at him for giving up Captain America. And he's like, what, what were you trying to get me to do? Your agency is spying on mutants because Peggy works for S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, he doesn't like that. So we see in 1957, two years later, he ends up breaking up with Peggy and he's talking to Bucky in a restaurant and uh, Bucky is still a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Captain America is retired and all that stuff. And uh, we see progressively how the House of M came to power, more mutants became uh, known, uh, Magneto came into power and in control, took over the continent of the United States, and they're, they're trying to uh, show how the House of M started, and Steve, he didn't want to do what he did, like, he, he didn't want to not be Captain America, so he's having second thoughts, but it's Captain America, and he's just trying to deal with how everything ended up. We see in the late 70s, Bucky died uh, in the line of duty during a S.H.I.E.L.D. op, and uh, he's at Bucky's funeral. They wouldn't let him talk because, you know, he's still out ousted and everything. And uh, we see that uh, Namor, eventually, when uh, Captain America's old, uh, that uh, Namor's son was talking about uh, stuff at uh, a S.H.I.E.L.D. retirement dinner, and uh, we see Captain America go into the subway. He's still kind of bitter about how all things went. He ends up getting attacked by a bunch of uh, thugs, gets on a bus, and uh, goes into the subway, and uh, he, he didn't want to attack these kids. I mean, he's a super soldier, he's old, but he could still probably take them. And, uh, you know, he's walking down the street, and the issue ends with uh, Wolverine and all of the people that have awoken from Wanda's spell looking over him and deciding not to get him to interfere because he's old and they're just like, no, we don't want to get him involved in this. The next issue is Exiles 70. Uh, we saw in the last issue, Beak had found his wife and uh, Mutant X, which is Proteus, had... Uh, taking control of her. So this issue, the exiles are kind of consoling him, but still trying to figure out what happened. And they're, they're having a dispute because what the exiles mission is in their, their line of comics, like their, their run, they go from all these different dimensions, saving, uh, all these earths from uh, losing themselves and going to catastrophic like apocalypse level events and everything and they're like well there's nothing really going on here mutants are happy you know the humans aren't happy but the mutants are happy so some of them are are okay with this and some of them aren't and beak tries to go reason with his wife who he doesn't know yet is being controlled by proteus she swings around picks him up and captures him and uh, as the exiles are trying to deal with him taking off we a lady approaches them and they're saying she's saying the bird boy's in danger uh, you don't know what you're up against and you, we have to get out of here because king magnus's tin soldiers are too close and one of the sentinels turns and kind of clicks on to that lady we don't know yet who she is but then she reveals herself a little bit later on she's moira mctaggart 
and Proteus is her son, which is how it happened in the comics, in the main run of the comics. That is what happened. Proteus was her son, and she was talking about how she was trying to fix him, and he escaped when Sentinels attacked her installation. That, that's not how it happened, but she did try and cure him, and uh, things uh, ended up going south for Proteus, but he did return a few times. And this is uh, the rest of this issue is uh, Proteus, who has uh, taken over uh, Angel, and Beak is trying to figure out, you know, what, why, why are you doing this? Why are you being so mean to me? And uh, Proteus needs to constantly shift to different uh, people. So he needs a new host all the time. So he's getting ready to transfer himself to Beak, and the uh, exiles are attacked by Sentinels because they're housing Wire and McTaggart, so they're trying to rescue her while Beak is going through his little marital crisis, but uh, she doesn't know that uh, they're married. And uh, we uh, we see Proteus get pretty ticked off after a while. We see like this big lightning storm come over Manhattan and reality warping all over the place. And we see Proteus is just uh, going after Moira now. He's like, okay, hello, mother. And he warps all this reality, and you see him strangling Beak, like, oh, that's not going to be good for Beak. We get to uh, Spider-Man House of M number four of five. So we saw last issue, Peter Parker was revealed to be a human instead of a mutant. And then we see that Green Goblin attacks Gwen Stacy and all these other guys. They take off his mask and it's not Norman Osborn, it's Peter Parker. And he, he, this, is, um, this is an effect of Wanda's powers. The journal is him trying to make sense of all of his thoughts and memories between the House of M and his normal reality. So he's kind of went a little bit insane with it. Uh, he doesn't uh, he doesn't kill Gwen, but uh, to get out of Rhino and, and uh, Vulture holding onto him, he kind of thinks like he's going to attack Gwen, but in the end he just takes off running, and Sentinels start attacking him, and he chases them off and ends up beating them. But uh, Gwen and her dad... Captain Stacy. They think, you know, we need to get a hold of this journal to see why Peter is doing what he's doing, what Jonah has on him, everything. So they decide that they're going to break into this vault that has uh, the journal hidden away. Uh, Osborne and uh, Jonah have the journal. So Gwen dons a couple of uh, Peter's uh, web slingers or web shooters. So she's like, all right, we're going uh, to uh, go after them now. We see Jonah and Osborne, Norman Osborne, uh, trying to make a deal for uh, the use of the journal and what Jonah's going to get out of it and what Osborne's get out of it. And while that's going on, uh, Gwen Stacy, uh, Uncle Ben, and uh, Captain Stacy break into Norman Osborne's place where he has the uh, the journal, and they're attacked by this little cyborg that's controlled by Jonah. You know, you're not you're not getting this journal, blah blah blah. They end up beating the uh, the little cyborg with the help of Peter. He breaks the the stuff, and he's like, okay, now that you know. Now that this is done, uh, I gotta go. Gwen, I love you. And he takes off. They don't know why he took off. And they're like, we didn't get the journal, so we don't know what's going on. We see Uncle Ben gets the journal. And it's titled Peter Parker Journal Keep Out. So the, the conclusion issue is where we're going to see where it all kind of falls into place with that. We have the new X-Men Academy number 18. Now this is one of those issues where there's not a whole lot that ties into it, but we see that uh, uh, Sunfire is the leader of the uh, mutant Japanese crew, and uh, the Hellions and the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are trying to find something out about called Project Genesis, where they're trying to uh, figure out what Japan's doing with humans. And after some scuffles between the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and the Hellions and everything, we see that Project Genesis is Sunfire uh, 
taking uh, humans and experimenting, experimenting on them and forcing evolution to turn them into mutants. Now, both, both teams of these kids are kind of freaking out, like, what is going on here? And one of the kids turns to Doug Ramsey, who is one of the... Uh, teachers at the academy the shield academy and since he's got the mastery of languages and computers and stuff uh he wants to look at some classified files with one of the uh, uh young members of the shield unit and uh they start looking in and discovering what's going on but that girl Lori, that was in the previous issues that was revealed to be the spy uh she ends up uh, in the previous issues she made uh, people turn on each other and the one guy got killed so she turns to all of the hellions and the shield agents and she uses her pheromones and her powers to turn everybody onto each other so the last page is everybody's minds getting messed with and she says why don't you all start killing each other so that's not going to be good for those kids we get to another first for uh, titles it's wolverine 33 it's the first time we get to see wolverine solo in this run and uh, it's basically the events of um, in House of M1, where Wolverine ends up uh, waking up and jumping out of the helicarrier. This tells the story of what happened before that. Now, uh, before we get to the rest of this issue, we're going to take a little pause uh, for a commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to pick up where we left off and we can uh, finish this Wolverine issue. We'll be back. And we are back. So we picked up with Wolverine number 33. Mystique is telling the S.H.I.E.L.D. director the series of events of why Logan took off uh, when he did. Now this picks up literally right after that. Uh, she is in uh, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s director's office. And the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. ends up being Sebastian Shaw. So that's a real turn of events there. I mean, Sebastian Shaw is the leader of the Hellfire Club in the main continuity. Now he's the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So... Mystique wants to know why he ended up just going nuts, but Shaw's like, okay, something happened two weeks ago that might have set him off, so why don't we start at the beginning? It's like a an operative uh, that uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. was doing, where Logan and a S.H.I.E.L.D. team were going after a bunch of like rogue uh, cartel guys. Logan jumps in and starts tearing through them, like Logan does, and uh, Mystique starts to notice something is kind of off with him, and uh, we see a little bit later on, they're going Going to this party and uh, Miss, I mean Mystique and Wolverine are involved and he doesn't go by Logan his name is James Hallett and he's not going by Logan because in this reality he knows who he is his name is James Hallett so uh, he you see him kind of uh, uh, regretting kind of the way he was uh, going after those cartel guys and we see Logan I mean he's always gone back and forth with you know that fine line of uh, going out of control and losing it and uh, Mystique is telling Sebastian Shaw how there is rage in Logan. Uh, you've exploited it over the years. Uh, to, you know, what are you doing? Why are you pushing Logan against everybody? Uh, the war with humans is over. What are we really doing? And uh, you see, uh, Logan has spent his entire life fighting a war, and Mystique is defending him. You know, he's he's personally lost more than we'll ever know. He takes these pills to help dull the pain, which is what the the crux of the matter was. Sebastian Shaw wanted him to uh, her to admit that he was popping pills to kind of calm himself but his healing factor is kicking in not really working so we see that uh, they're at this ball they're infiltrating this uh, mexican government ball and uh, they go to it and they end up being attacked by uh, by some people 
then uh, Logan ends up being set on fire. Like, all these agents just start setting Logan on fire and trying to stab him with knives and everything. And Logan goes full berserker rage and goes after the guys. His healing factor uh, kicks in. And uh, we see that some of the humans are... uh, It's like a resistance thing. Like, you know, the House of Magneto was built upon the bodies of murdering uh, humans. And it's like a human resistance in Mexico that they kind of stumbled onto. And Mystique is taken by Knife Point because he thought it was uh, the guy holding the knife he thought it was like the head of the the mutants that lead the mexican uh, regime but ends up being mystique shape-shifting and then a shield bunch of shield agents come in and blow the place apart as they did and uh it's basically saying uh what's wolverine doing what is he does he talk about his past and sebastian shaw shows him mystique a picture okay do you recognize anybody in this picture now as of yet the reader doesn't see it uh and uh, we see uh the man responsible for the attack on the embassy because kind of saw him for a brief second in a previous panel and he's like okay look at this picture particularly the bottom left hand corner uh for the last time logan had nothing to do with this attack it was him nick fury and it's a picture of fury's uh hellions and it's nick fury with wolverine as one of the guys so now they're saying nick fury was one of uh, wolverine's bosses way back in the day in his past and wolverine doesn't like to talk about it because nick fury is human and wolverine is a mutant and they can't have humans running S.H.I.E.L.D., especially in the House of M. Then we get to Uncanny X-Men 465. It's one of those issues, as I've said, where uh, it doesn't have a lot to do with continuity. Uh, it's uh, those uh, Prime Sentinels, uh, Omega Sentinels, attacking uh, Captain Britain and the X-Men. Uh, they fight their way through, get everything uh, tidied up, and they're just trying to get back to the reality and Wanda's powers are not letting them go back to where they need to be. So they've been hopping realities and trying to, to get back to where they need to this whole time. Uh, Rachel, uh, Phoenix to Rachel Summers, she unleashes the Phoenix Force, ends up wiping out a whole bunch of bad guys. And uh, we see that like this uh, big swash in reality opens up. And uh, they're like, yeah, this is uh, it's kind of like a dimensional hopping thing. And they look through and they... They see all these different realities, but they, they're like, no, we need to go through this portal to get back to where we go. Uh, uh, one of uh, Captain Britain's uh, teammates, Megan, you know, uh, your world, your entire dimension is going to be nullified if you don't do something about this. So they uh, pretty much all push themselves through this X portal and everything, and Megan tries to seal the portal up. Uh, Captain Britain is involved with Megan at this time. She's kind of like a sorceress in the uh, X caliber books and uh, the portal ends up closing uh, they think they're back on their own reality uh, captain britain kind of looks up at the stars wondering what happened to megan so we get to house of m number six out of eight uh, a lot of the characters have woken up they know what's going on they're trying to find professor xavier so their next move is to head to Genosha. Uh, we see White Queen. She kind of hides them all from S.H.I.E.L.D. They're on a S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier going back to Genosha, where there's this big palatial event going on. Uh, we see all the, the main characters come in, all of the other ruling parties. Uh, Victor Von Doom comes in. Now, this is uh, during and after all of the different uh, crossovers. So Doom has been put in his place, and he's kind of humble, and uh, they're watching this on TV. All of the 
the X-Men and Avengers that are awake are watching what's going on and they're trying to figure out a plan on we need to find Xavier, we're here on Genosha, we need to find Professor X. So Cyclops has this plan, they're going to break up into three teams and kind of wake else, wake everybody else up and find the Professor. Seems like a simple plan. And they're trying to all determine who's going to be on what teams, uh, how to go about this. They end up in Genosha. Uh, they're having this uh, ball for the House of M. And uh, we get to uh, T'Challa coming in. They're saying, oh, okay, we need to we need to wake up uh, Black Panther. And they're like, the primary goal is we need to find the professor. With Emma and Layla, their powers in, are in front of him. They wake up Xavier. Boom, this is how they get things back. So they, they've divvied up into teams. they got to find Xavier and hold off everybody else. And we see Storm come in they're like okay we gotta we gotta have uh, storm wake up we gotta see namor wake up and uh, then all of a sudden everyone bows and the house of m comes out wanda pietro polaris and these two boys now, those are obviously Wanda's kids, and uh, they're sitting on Magneto's lap. Well, as this happens, Sentinels start attacking Genosha. Magneto uses his powers and blasts away uh, the first Sentinel, but uh, a bunch of human resistance people are uh, in the way, and the X-Men and, and Avengers who are awake, uh, they uh, immediately start attacking the Sentinels, getting all the resistance people out of the way. They fight through Magneto's guards, and uh, they go to wake up uh, Namor and Storm at the same time. They do. So Cloak takes Emma Frost and Layla to where they think Professor Xavier is. So they go to this part of the park where we've seen in the previous issues the Xavier Memorial Garden. And uh, White Queen uses her powers and she goes, there's nothing here. No coffin, no body, just dirt. There's nothing here. Xavier's not here. This is not over yet. You're like, oh crap. So if Xavier's not there, where is he? We do find out. So with time allowing, I do have a few more issues that I can go into. And one of the biggest, most important ones uh, we get to Mutopia 4 of 5, Mutopia X 4 of 5. This is just a continuation of where uh, humans and mutants in Sapien Town, uh, it's a huge climax. Bishop is trying to keep the peace. Uh, humans and mutants end up just tearing through each other, and mutants end up winning the day in Sapien Town. Now, the uh, issue 8 is the last issue of the House of M. But I think issue seven, this issue is one of the most important issues in the entire storyline. And this is where one of the biggest events happens in the lives of the X-Men. Now, we see in the last issue of uh, House of M6, uh, all of the awoken Avengers and X-Men are trying to wake up everybody else, but they're also fighting uh, Magneto's guards. And we see uh, Magneto trying to get all these guys out. The Polaris has a shield around him. Uh, she tells Pedro to go uh, watch with Wanda, make sure Wanda's okay. And uh, we start seeing, like, Wanda. There's something happening to Wanda. Like, she looks like she's being torn apart. And uh, they break Pietro away from her. Now, now, Quicksilver has always been protective of Wanda. We've seen that throughout the years and years and years of the comics. We've seen it in the movies. And this is just how it is. So Doctor Strange, since he's awake, he takes this opportunity while the fighting is going on to go check on Wanda, who's in this tower with her kids. And uh, he goes, Wanda, 
uh, you look well and she and she remembers who dr strange is so she's kind of it's kind of like oh does she she knows what's going on he goes you brought us here wanda you created all of this to uh, why did why did you do that she goes i don't know what you're talking about so he's trying to make her remember uh did you create your father as well uh did you create your kids uh, and uh you're your friends are out there trying to fight for you, fight over you and your father. And she goes, what are you talking about? So he moves away the wall and she sees that this huge fight is going on, which it's a huge battle. And she goes, nobody should be fighting. And one of her kids goes, mom, are you sad? She goes, you know, uh, the purpose of all of what was this is that there would be no more fighting. So you're like, oh, so there was a reason why Wanda did all this. Uh, and she's like, okay, what did your father do? Where's Charles Xavier? He goes, he just wanted me to be happy. He wanted all of us to be happy. And Dr. Strange is like, is that what Magneto said? And she's like, it's more complicated than that. You have to understand. So Dr. Strange looks into her mind and you get to see what happened right before she changed reality. Uh, you remember uh, back when uh, Pietro went to Magneto and said, they're going to kill her. The Avengers and the X-Men, they're coming here to kill her. So this was right after that where uh, Magneto leaves Pietro after he says, what would you have me do? He kind of walks away, leaves Pietro on her own, on his own. And uh, Wanda is consoling him. Uh, she go he goes, your friends are coming here to take you out. He goes, she goes, you know, am I this coward for wanting this all to end? It's all going to be over soon. I can already hear Xavier's voice in my head. He's checking on me. Uh, and Pietro, it's like, you could take it back. You could make everyone happy. And she goes, I can't control it. He goes, what if I was there to help you, you and I together, Xavier's mind inside of you, your powers as they are, you can use his powers and yours together. So then we, and then he's like, we can finally be a family. They'll all be happy. They wouldn't bother us anymore. And she's like, no, I can't do that. And uh, he interrupts her with, yes, you can do this. And you, we, we became Avengers uh, to try and make things better, but we can make things better permanently. And if you don't do this, they'll kill you. And we'll never be a family ever again. So Doctor Strange has this sensation. It wasn't Magneto at all. They thought Magneto was the one that made her do this. It wasn't Magneto. It was Quicksilver. So with this revelation, uh, Doctor Strange reaches out to Emma Frost and she's like, we need Xavier. We need to find Xavier. So Doctor Strange goes, Wanda, where is Charles? And we see her powers. Uh, she starts to rev up, but she ends up being shot with a couple of arrows. Uh, Pietro comes in. Uh, uh, why are you bothering my family? Magneto comes in. What are you doing? Her kids go over to her and they're like, oh, crap. It's Hawkeye. He shoots Wanda with a couple of arrows, and she goes, why did you do that? He goes, uh, she goes, why are you mad at me? He's like, Hawkeye, this is not the time. Doctor Strange is like, no, back off. He goes, you killed me, and you brought me back. We were friends. We were teammates. I loved you. I'd kill for you. Why did you do that? She goes, I loved you too. I brought you back. And Hawkeye's getting ready to shoot her again with another arrow, and one of her kids obliterates Hawkeye, like takes him apart like he's blocks, and... Uh, the, one of the kids, the kid that uh, destroyed him goes, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, don't be sad. Uh, and then Dr. Strange is like, Wanda, listen to me. And all of a sudden she goes, I can't control it. And there's this huge explosion, all of the X-Men and, and uh, everybody kind of goes into this shock. And all of a sudden the scream goes, this ends. And it's Magneto holding everybody apart. Uh, Magneto wakes up and he sees what's going on. And he finally realizes that Pietro was the one. And he goes, 
what did you do in my name? He goes, you were going to let them kill her. You used her and you used me, Magneto said. I would have never allowed this. You've destroyed everything and everyone and you used my name to do it. So he goes to attack Quicksilver. What right did you have? And we see Quicksilver is laying unconscious. Wanda just has this huge, just bolt of energy. She goes, brother. And she holds Magneto into place. And he's like, Wanda, you shall. She goes, shh. And he wakes up. She wakes up uh, Pietro, and they're like, okay, her mind's a mess. Now, uh, White Queen is talking to everybody. Everybody's kind of in this mind blast together. And they're like, what are we going to do? Her mind's immense. She can blink and erase everything. What do we do? Uh, so they're trying to form a strategy while she's talking to Pietro. And she's holding Magneto in this grip. And she's just having this huge fight with him. She goes, uh, you're still a horrible man no matter where we go and what you get, what you want. You're still a horrible person. We're not the next step. We're not gods. We're freaks. Look at us. We're freaks. Mutants. You chose this over us and ruined us. And she goes, Daddy, and Wanda, and the White Queen goes, oh no, here it is. Wanda uses her powers and says, no more mutants. Doctor Strange kind of leaves this spell, and this big brightness hovers over everybody. She closes her eyes, holds Pietro, and there's this huge explosion on the island, and the issue ends with everything in a fireball. So that's what did it. That was the biggest thing. Wanda used her powers, blamed mutants for everything, even though she's a mutant herself. But she said with her powers, no more mutants, which is going to, as you're going to see towards the end of this storyline, and a couple of storylines that I will get to throughout the rest of this year that involve the X-Men trying to figure out how to live with what happened. She said no more mutants, so there was no more mutants. There's no more mutants, where's the X-Men? And then next episode, you're gonna find out, once for all, what happened to Charles Xavier. This is gonna be the episode that wraps up everything nicely, and we're gonna go into an issue after the House of M, where the Avengers gather as like a post-finale thing, and I'll explain what that means later. It's called Avengers Finale, and that kind of wraps up what happened.